Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Praise God. Go with me to Daniel chapter 12. Once again, my notes are available on the YouVersion Bible app and the Faith Plus app. Thank you for all those who've already shared this experience with those on your timeline so they can be encouraged by what we share tonight. And once again, I want to remind you that this Saturday we have our Christmas Eve experience at 12 noon in person as well as online. And on Christmas Day, it will only be an online experience. So we look forward to celebrating Christmas with you this weekend as well as our New Year's Eve experience next Saturday at 10 p.m. Well, let's go to Daniel chapter 12 and I'm gonna look at some of our previous takeaways and applications. For those of you who are just joining us in our study of the book of Daniel, you can find all of our messages on our Faith Plus app as well as our YouTube channel. And in the notes, you'll see all the previous takeaways. I'm just gonna cover a few of them. We said, number one, the laws of seed time and harvest still affect nations today. Sin produces death and judgment even on a national scale. Number two, you have to purpose in your heart to live the way God tells you to live. If you do not make that quality decision, which is backed up by several daily decisions, you will go the way of the Babylonian culture. Number three, God can and will give you favor with decision makers and those in authority. You should daily confess and claim favor over your life because it's available for you. We're going to dive in again to favor next week as we finish the wrap of the book of Daniel and talk about how God has favor for you in 2023 and how you walking in and living in favor is necessary for you to experience the extreme goodness of God. Let's look at a few more takeaways because we'll get into more about favor next week. Number five, God knows how to deal with world leaders. We said number eight, God can and will deliver his people. We, see, we saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fully expected God to deliver them. Instead of expecting trouble when you make a stand for God, expect supernatural assistance and deliverance. We said number nine, God has a host of angels at his command and they are involved in human affairs. Skip down to verse uh, number 12. It says persistence in prayer impacts earthly empires and the entire angelic and demonic hierarchy of the unseen realm. So we encourage you once again to, if you miss any of these studies you, on our podcast, they're available on our YouTube channel as well as our faith plus app and then number 13 even in times of turmoil and tribulation the people who know their god intimately will be strong and do great and wonderful things and so last week we looked at daniel chapter 11 which is history before it happens and we went through all the things in that chapter how it talks about some things that we know as assyrian wars but also some other things we'll dive in tonight and so to give more of a historical perspective from review you find these in the notes that we said what was described by the heavenly being in Daniel 11 is what historians now call the Syrian Wars. The king of Daniel 11:36, known as the king of the north, is Antiochus Epiphanes. We referenced him a few weeks ago. He was the eighth ruler of the Seleucid Empire. He gave himself the surname Epiphanes, which means the visible God. What was he saying? He was saying that him and Zeus and Jupiter were identical. He acted as if he was really Zeus or Jupiter, and the people called him Epimenes, which means the madman. It was a play in words of what he called himself. He devastated Jerusalem in 168 BC. He defiled the temple. He offered a pig on the altar. He erected an altar to Zeus and Jupiter. He prohibited temple worship. He forbade circumcision on the pain of death. He sold thousands of Jewish families into slavery. He destroyed all copies of scripture that could be found and slaughtered everyone discovered in possession of such copies and resorted to every conceivable torture to force Jews to renounce their religion. And one of the things we said, although what Antiochus did was horrific, and we see prophesied here in Daniel chapter 11, 
what Antiochus did was only partial fulfillment or partial fulfillment of this prophecy. Now, how do we know this? Is this our guess of looking at history and saying, well, this didn't fully come to pass? Well, no, here's where we know this because years later, Matthew chapter 24, hundreds of years later, almost 200 years after Antiochus, Jesus refers to this prophecy of Daniel chapter 11. We see that in Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 to 21. Once again, you find this in my notes as well. Matthew chapter 24, starting with verse 15. Go there with me. Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world to this time, nor nor ever shall be. In our notes, we have written, this is almost 200 years after Antiochus, Jesus references the prophecy of Daniel. This shows us that Antiochus is only a type or a shadow of the Antichrist, which means that the Antichrist will strive to do the same things that Antiochus did. Antiochus' forces were defeated by the Jewish forces led by Judah Maccabee. The victory and then the cleansing and rededication of the temple, because of course they had to cleanse and rededicate it after Antiochus uh, desecrated by sacrificing a pig in the temple and all the other things he did. The victory and the cleansing and rededication of the temple of the time led to the events celebrated during Hanukkah. The word Hanukkah means dedication or consecration. In John 10, it is called the Feast of Dedication. John 10 shows us that Jesus went to Jerusalem as part of the celebration of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is also known as the Festival of Lights. Before Jesus went to the temple to celebrate Hanukkah, he stated that he is the light of the world. And that's going to be important with what we go into later on tonight. But we see how what was happening in Daniel 11 and then the victory that came after that is what's celebrated even right now during Hanukkah. Now, Antiochus eventually met his demise and in following wars, the Jews secured independence from the Seleucid and allied themselves with the growing Roman Republic which would be known from the book of Daniel as the iron part of the statue and the beast Daniel previously saw. Now, what takes place in Daniel 12 is about the future that Jesus referenced in the book of Matthew. So now, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Let's get into some new things. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up. Now, we know this is the angelic prince that we see referenced in Daniel 10 and Daniel chapter 11. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble. Time of tribulation, such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. Sounds like what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. Once again, Matthew 24, verse 21, Jesus said, For there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor shall ever be. Let's go to verse 2, Daniel chapter 12. Then many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, this is the clearest reference to the resurrection of the dead in the Old Testament. This verse began to change Jewish minds concerning what would happen in the future. We know Jesus, of course, preached this, and this truth is echoed many times in the New Testament. Now, Jesus said in John 5, 28, go with me to John chapter 5, verse 28. We'll do a lot more jumping around to different scriptures as we study this last chapter of the book of Daniel tonight. John chapter 5, verse 28. John chapter 5, verse 28, and we're reading from the New King James. 
It says, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 12. Let's look more about this resurrection on the last day as we know more about it from reading the book of John and other places. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So notice what it says, that this is just talking about, remember there's two different resurrections that we already referenced here in John as well as in Daniel. But this is talking about the resurrection of the just, the resurrection to life. And out of the people who are resurrected to life, there we see here there are degrees to how bright they shine. Notice once again, verse three, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Go with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter four, verse 18. Proverbs chapter four, verse 18, reading once again from the New King James. It says, but the path of the just is like the shiny sun that shines ever bright unto the perfect day. That scripture says the path of the just is supposed to get brighter and brighter, just like the sun rising into the morning to its full strength at noonday. So the path of just is supposed to get brighter and brighter and brighter, not dimmer, not ever just settle, not saying we arrive. The path you're on, the path of the righteous the person, the path of the person made right with God, the path of the believer is supposed to get brighter and brighter and brighter full of the light of God, full of the light of the glory of God, full of the light of the gospel, the light of the word of God, the light of the spirit of God. Our lives are supposed to shine brighter every single day. The path we're on is a path that's upward. It's not an ever decreasing path. It's an ever increasing path. It's a path that goes from strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory, greater light to greater light. Let's go a little bit further in this this path that God wants us to walk. Let's go to Matthew chapter five, verse 14. Let's look what Jesus said about this in Matthew chapter five, verse 14, because our path is supposed to be brighter. And as we go into 2023, you need to know that God wants you to shine bright. One of the things that's been on my heart for the last couple of months, and I've been just kind of meditating on the inside so I can be prepared to share it with you now, as well as going to 2023, is that God wants you to rise and influence in 2023. So go ahead and put that in the chat, put it in your notes, put it on your mirror, put it on your phone. God wants you to rise and influence in 2023. So say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, God wants me to rise and influence in 2023. Once again, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say, God wants me to rise and influence in 2023. One more time, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, God wants me to rise and influence in 2023. Why would he want you to rise and influence? One of the things we've seen from the book of Daniel and we'll see in the next book that I'll announce next week that we study, is that when God's people rise in influence, they can make change and affect more people and turn more and more people to God. They can, God can use them to deliver people on a mass scale. And when you rise in influence in your area, in your community, in your industry, where God's called you to be, you can be a greater light and impact more lives. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 14, the New King James first. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. We know in John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And in John chapter 9, he says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And what's interesting to me in John 10, he goes up to Jerusalem to celebrate Hanukkah, which is known as the Festival of Lights. And so all, imagine all those lights that were lit up during 
Hanukkah and lights that are being lit up now during Hanukkah. Imagine the original minds of the Jews when they heard this, says you are the light of the world. I'm sure some of them would have thought of all the lights being lit during Hanukkah and all the bright lights that are shining out in the darkness. And Jesus said, that is who you are. You are light. We see this throughout the scripture, especially in the New Testament, how God has called us to be light. He's called us to shine forth brightly. I'm going to read Matthew 5, 14 through 16, the message version. I love how it says it. It says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. That sounds like an increase of influence. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Jesus wants you to shine. The glory of God that's within you shines. The word of God that you believe and that you live shines. When you walk with Jesus, you will shine more and your light will go out into the darkness and make a difference and make an impact. That's why you have to rise in influence in 2023 because more people need to see the light of the glory of God shining through you. Say the light of the glory of God shines through me. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say the light of the glory of God shines through me. One more time. Say the light of the glory of God shines through me. Praise God. Let's keep going. Let's go back to Proverbs. And we'll look at a few more things here. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, reading from the New King James. It says, the fruit of the righteous is as a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. Remember what it says in Daniel, that those who turn many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. Remember what Jesus told the disciples in Luke 5, 9 and 10? He says, for he and all who were with them were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. And he was saying, Peter, the same way you caught this boatload of fish that surprised you and astonished you. That's what I'm usually doing. You're going to catch people. God wants to use us to bring many to righteousness, to turn many people to him, to win many people to the kingdom of God. And yes, that happens at church. That happens in online experiences like this one. This happens through podcasts and social media and all those different things. Yes, it happens at altar calls. It happens in great evangelistic crusades and mission trips and great arenas filled with people and great conferences. All those things happen and they are good and they're needed. But it also happens in your everyday life and your everyday interactions whether it's in your neighborhood, where you're at the grocery store, or in the coffee shop, at work. There are different ways to win people. And the wisdom of God will give you strategy in each place. God wants to use you to shine brighter so that you can influence this world. But he also wants to use you to bring people to him. Now, that doesn't mean you have to run outside, take a Bible, smack someone over the head with it, and make them do what the Bible says. That's not what it's talking about. You can influence someone and bring them to Jesus by how you love them. 
how you pray for them, how you're consistent before them, how you show forth the fruit of the Spirit around them, how your speech is seasoned with grace, as the Scripture talks about in the New Testament. The way you live your life is a witnessing tool that opens up the door for you to tell others about Jesus. And as you share with them about Jesus, you're listening to your heart about what to say, what not to say, and you're aware of not to use super deep phrases that you know people who don't know the word won't understand. But you've learned because you spend time with God and spend time practicing your testimony to be able to share with those who don't know anything about Jesus. Because that light that shines for you is attractive. One of the purposes of the favor of God, which we'll talk about next week, is to bring people into the kingdom of God. When the favor of God was working in the book of Acts, it says many people were being added to the church daily. One of the purposes of the favor of God is to help you win people to Jesus. Put it in the chat, put it in your notes, say it out loud, say one of the purposes of the favor of God is to help me to win people to Jesus. Come on, say it out loud. Say, one of the purposes of the favor of God is to help me win people to Jesus. I remember years ago, I started saying this way, the favor of God that's upon me causes people to want to receive the word of God that's upon my lips. I began to say that as a young man so that when I was standing in the pulpit, people wanted to hear what I have to say. People would just open up to hear what I have to say. Why? The favor of God. That was opening the door for me to minister the word of God to them. Let's go back to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Notice what the heavenly being says to Daniel now. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So one of the things we see about the end times or the time of the end, two of the signs of that time are an increase of travel and an increase of knowledge. And we just think about the increase of travel we have in our lifetime, the increase of knowledge in our lifetime, and see how much more it is than the past thousands of years. We know we're getting closer to the end. These aren't negative signs. There are positive signs at the end and there are negative signs at the end. These are two of the positive signs. And we know that we're getting closer to the return of the Lord and the return of the Lord happens in different phases. And we're getting closer to the end of time and the end of different things while this age wraps up and we go into the next age and the age that follows that. Let's keep going to verse five. Then I, Daniel, looked and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time times and half a time and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered all these things shall be finished now notice what daniel said although i heard i did not understand then i said my lord what shall be the end of these things and he said go your way daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end many shall be purified made white and refined but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand. Come on, say it with me. Say, because I'm wise, I understand. Say it out loud. Say, because I'm wise, I understand. You know, too many times we keep ourselves from advancing in the things of God and even in natural things because we keep saying, I can't get it. I'm not smart enough. I don't know. Ah, stop saying all that stuff. Do you know why you can understand? Because you apply yourself to understand. Do you know why you can understand? The greater one lives on the inside of you. Do you know why you can understand? You're anointed. Do you know why you can understand? You renew your mind with the word of God. And even if you lack some area in your education or you lack some area of training and you're doing what God has called you to do, God will show you what to do. He'll supernaturally give you understanding. He'll bring you to the right person to teach you, show you what to do to grow. So stop saying that you can't understand. Say, because I'm wise, I can understand. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, because I'm wise, 
I can understand. You know, some of you have kids, they may be in a tough subject and you give them extra tutoring, which is good and helping them study, whatever it is, a tough class. So don't have them say, I can't understand algebra. I can't understand physics. I can't understand calculus. Have them start saying, I can understand this subject. Why? As they say this, they're releasing the faith and they're also renewing their mind and setting spiritual principles and practice that will help them understand things. So when you're looking at things in the world, and things in economic changes and things going on in politics and things going on in the job. So why can't I understand all of this? Nope, say so the greater one teaches me everything I can understand. And guess what? You begin to understand more and he'll direct you to what you need to study, what you need to read, where you need to go so that you can increase in understanding and become more wise. So we live in an age of information and an age of disinformation. There's information everywhere and that's knowledge everywhere, but wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. And with the wisdom and the comprehension, which is understanding, you'll be able to go forward and do everything God has called you to do. Wisdom is important and it's creative in nature. And we'll talk about that when we get to our new series on the extreme goodness of God in January and then our daily reading plan. But God wants you to increase in wisdom. That's one of the reasons I always encourage you to pray that Ephesians 1 prayer for yourself every single day. Because as you do, your eyes are open, your ears are open, your heart becomes more perceptive. So you can grow in the wisdom of God, not the wisdom that's devilish, not the wisdom of the world that comes to nothing, but the wisdom of God that helps you succeed in every area of your life. Let's keep going. Let's, keep, let's finish up Daniel chapter 12. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, and the abomination of desolation set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. What the heavenly being is referring to is a fulfillment of what Jesus prophesied in the book of Matthew. The period of days referred to here is roughly three and a half years, and it's connected to the great tribulation, what Jesus talked about, and different events mentioned in the book of Revelation. We're not going to dive into that today. I know if you're reading our daily plan, you're reading through the book of Revelation right now. And you'll see different parallels of the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, as well as other books in the Bible. Let's look at verse 13 as we close the book of Daniel tonight. Daniel chapter 12, verse 13. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will rise to your inheritance at the end of days. And so Daniel says, Daniel, you will be part of the resurrection of the just and you will shine. And God has an inheritance, a spot, a place for you. And so Daniel, by this point, by verse 13, he's easily over 100 years old. He has served God faithfully for decades. He's been rewarded and protected and delivered and honored by God for decades. Heaven, when it says to him, you are greatly beloved, you are greatly valued, you are greatly treasured. And God said, not only have I rewarded you in this life, but at the end of all things, I will reward you again. So there are rewards in this life and there are rewards in eternity. When we live for God, God will reward us in this life and he'll reward us in the life to come. It's important how you live. Your rewards aren't just in heaven and your rewards not just now. It's both. God honors those who honor him. So say it with me. Put it in the chat and put it in the notes somewhere. Say God honors those who honor him. Say God honors those who honor him. Say I honor God and God honors me. It's simple as that. That's what God does. He will honor those who honor him. The scripture tells us that we see that in Proverbs and in James, that when you honor God, when you reverence God, God will honor you. He will bless you. He will increase you. He will help you. He will deliver you. He will take care of you. Make sure that you keep him first. Even during this holiday times, with all the stuff going on as we finish the year, going the next year, 
Keep God first in everything you do. One of the things that we, you know, we said again and again in the, in the month of November, we put God first in our daily life by starting our day in the word and prayer. We put God first in our weekly schedule by coming to church. We put God first in our finances by tithes and offering. When we put God first, we open the door for the supernatural to flood our lives. And in 2023, we're expecting extreme goodness. We expect and experience extreme goodness and provision of God. And as we'll talk about next Wednesday, there's favor that will help you get there. So don't miss next Wednesday. You know, I know it's, you know, it's in between Christmas and New Year's and it's kind of like those in between days, but it's going to be a message that's going to help you get ready for the new year and set up for what we're going to share on New Year's Eve. Praise God. Let's finish the notes here. And once again, if you missed the notes, you're finding the YouVersion Bible app and the Faith Plus app. We are not in the time of the Great Tribulation, and we're not facing off with the Antichrist. However, as we covered in this series already, we saw in 1 John that there are spirits of Antichrist that are working to do dark things in the world today. Those are demonic spirits trying to force their agenda on this planet. They're trying to actively keep billions of people in darkness and enslave them by fear, as we see in the book of Hebrews. It's our job to shine and win people to Jesus. In 2023, as you heard me say already, it is time for you to rise in influence and shine brighter so that more people can encounter Jesus. The light within you is not a little light. You know that old song, this little light of mine? That's not really that scriptural because the Bible never says it's a light, a little light. It says it's a light, all right. What does it say? It's a little light. Well, what is it? It is the light of the glory of God. It's not a little light. It's a ginormous light. If you let it shine, it'll make a difference wherever you go. This light is brighter than all the Christmas lights. All the lights of this time of year, all the lights of Hanukkah. You know, one of the things I love about this time of year is the lights, the lights in the Christmas trees, the lights in the houses, the lights everywhere. And we can talk about the light of Christmas, the light that finally shined in the world, but it shined in your heart, the scripture says, to give you insight into the glory of God so that it can shine into others and give them insight into the glory of God. They can experience God. This light of Christmas, which we're celebrating, we'll look at more on Christmas Eve. This light of Christmas is within you. And it's time for you to let it shine. This great light on the inside of you. Don't diminish it. Don't hide it. Let the light of Christmas, the light of the glory of God, the light of Jesus shine through you. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.